Jesus. Is this thing on? Is this thing working? What is going on? It was like totally silent before. Oh my god, I was talk, talk, talking away. Oh my goodness, what in the world? Yeah. So we're gonna start this off semi right. Um, semi right. Yeah. This is wait till me everything. Um, I think I did it backwards. Sorry. I'm Kristen. Oh hi. Oh, and this is NBC. <laughs> The National Broadcasting <laughs> Company. This Justin from <laughs> Washington. The peacock, peacock struts across the stage. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Where did that come from? Okay, a bottle popping in the background. I am on my, that's the ice in my um, glass. I'm on my oh, third I have bourbon ice. and water. Oh, you're so fancy. Just almost. It was just, what, what is it? If you add water to your bourbon, it's no longer a bourbon neat. It's, what is it? I don't know. I just needed a little, um, a little, um. A little something? Yeah, a little something. A little something. something. Like, yes, my wonderful host, my brother, got some um, bouillette. So, got some what? Bouillette. Mm, Nice. Yeah, so I am partaking of that, and, you know. Again, I don't know what I'm going to say, because, again, this is glass number three. So, you know, I, I'm a lightweight now. I don't really. You really are a lightweight. Yeah, so this should be fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So, do we, do we really do the, the thing? We didn't do it for real. Oh, because I think, no. Because you made a joke. Stop joking around. This is serious business. Is it serious? Because, no, you interrupted. <laughs> you interrupted with the NBC thing. and Because you told a joke. Because you're like, this is NBC. Mm. So I just had to go with it. I couldn't just let it lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so let's um, try this for a third time. Is it? I think yeah. it's just a second. Well, I attempted to do it again. Well, okay, so the second. Time. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Are you gonna do it or not? Okay, um, this is wait. Tell me everything, and I'm Andrea, and I'm Kristen. I'm yeah, so we did, it, we did it the other <laughs> way around. Still, what's the other? What's the first way around? We usually say, um, "I'm Kristen," and you're like, "I'm Andrea," and this is wait. Tell me everything. That's how we usually do it. We switched uh-huh. it up. We did well, it I think it, I think variety is a nice thing. Okay. Or we're I'm tipsy. And, uh, okay. <laughs> Again, this is going to be real interesting. Tipsy mm-hmm. and sleepy. So those are it's a great combination. Oh my goodness! Not sleepy. Yeah, I'm so tired. I'm so this has not been a miracle morning week. 
I've been just exhausted because I work all weekend. So uh-huh. I was like spent by the time time Monday rolled around. I was like, oh, I can't do anything. But then, of course, I had a whole bunch of follow up and stuff I needed to do on Monday. So it was just, yeah. And I tried to take Tuesday off and that didn't work. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to end up taking a part of Wednesday off and having lunch with my, my friend, my little friend. I saw your picture, your lunch mm-hmm. picture with your little friends. I'm so yeah. glad. No, just the one, the little, little girl. Oh, just one there. little friend. Yeah, yeah. I, you're right. I only saw one little friend. Yeah, he was sick. So they have a rule that he has to be, you know, they have to be fever free for 24 hours. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was feeling better. But he just couldn't go to school, so he got to hang out with mom and me and go to Amelie's. <laughs> wow. While his sister was at school. Well, that makes sense. We have that same rule at our job. Yeah. Uh, that we impose on each other. It's not actually a formal HR rule. Okay, yeah, well, it's a formal, well, I hope the hospital, but yeah, it's a formal thing for daycare because, you know, the kids are just little Petri dishes. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes, children. Yeah, I tell you, like I've never been as sick in my like recently. Hey, you and the uh, that ice cube. I have not been as sick as I was until I got the stomach flu from him. Oh gosh, yeah, you were real sick. I was like knocked out for a week, and I was like, "How can somebody so little give me something so horrible?" Oh, because those germs, they get inside a big body, and they're like, "Hey, look all the room in here," and they just go wild. They go wild. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that his uh, uh, recovering from his illness allowed you to have a little lunch date. Yes. So fun. It's and I got to do things his mommy told me not to do because that's what aunties do. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I hang out with um, um Big girl has, you know, her volleyball tournament, so I'm going to take um, a cupcake and, like, have a girl's day. And she was like, yay, I'm going with auntie. I get to get whatever I want. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. I was like, hey, you're not supposed to, like, verbalize. <laughs> she sure did. Yeah, she was like, yay, I get to get whatever I want. That's what that means. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. oh, scale it back a little bit. That's really funny. Oh, yep. Alrighty, so lots going on in the news, I know. So there's a lot going on. It was Aww. again another another week of having to narrow down to just some of um, you know just slices of things that are going on because the stories are all pretty big. Um, so <clears throat> we're just gonna stay kind of go global, national, starting with um, uh, this is from HuffPost. Dot com uh, dateline today uh, two twenty eight the uh, I didn't even know that Huffington Post was still around. That just to let you know like how informed I am. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. Where would it have gone? I don't know. I feel like it's like like is the Drudge Report still around? The Drudge Report is. But I've always found the Drudge Report so um, 
aesthetically displeasing oh my god it's so ugly but he used to always get like all like the breaking news but it was so like a fifth grader designed the website yeah it was always strange to me I never understood why because I felt like it was a nice um I should say it was a good place to visit to get like more perspective a broader viewpoint you know um but so difficult to read that I never like it was too difficult. Anyway, HuffPost is still around. The head, uh, the byline is by SV Date, and it says um, Trump learns that love letters from a murderous dictator don't mean much after all. <laughs> mm. I love this headline, um, and um, so this is out of Washington. It says. The love letters, the lavish praise, the insistence on another face-to-face meeting halfway around the world. As it turns out, none of it was enough for President Donald Trump to win a nuclear deal from a dictator half his age. Having claimed, quote, there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea following his first meeting with North Korean leader Kim Mm Jong-un in Singapore last June, which we also covered on the podcast, Mm -hmm. um, Trump returned from their second meeting in Hanoi, Vietnam with zero progress to report while being forced to concede that Kim still presents a nuclear threat after all. Mm-hmm. Trump said in a news conference on Thursday, I think as we continue to work on this in the days and weeks ahead, we can make progress so that we can ultimately achieve what it is that the world wants, which is to denuclearize North Korea. There's no denying that this summit was a total failure, said Victor Chaw a Korea expert in President George W. Bush's National Security Council who himself negotiated with North Korea in previous talks. He went on to say, frankly, it's a disaster and a disaster of the president's own making. So despite warnings from both inside and outside his administration that the necessary lower level preparation for a summit had not been had not really been done, Trump insisted on scheduling a second face to face with Kim. Critics said the president was focused on creating a foreign policy win to counter both his defeat on funding for his border wall and the continuing federal investigations. Are you okay over there? Oh, oh my. Um, what is happening? The lady of the house is getting ice. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> it sounded like somebody came in and was like, I hate these glasses. <laughs> and just started like throwing them off the shelves. <laughs> yes, you can hear it. Because I have like the super duper iPhone like microphone. So you can, it picks up everything. <laughs> here, she's like, you can hear that? Oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> it sounds and like- there you go. <laughs> See, okay, so she's uh, fussing because the big girl has left. So that's why I asked if she was uh, in bed because there's like a bunch of unleft stuff. I cleaned up some of the stuff, but yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Okay, so now that I know that your house isn't being looted, um, <laughs> no. uh, let me continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Critics said the president was focused on creating a foreign policy win to counter both his defeat on funding for his border wall and the continuing federal investigations into his family business and his campaign. Even some Republicans close to the White House acknowledged 
Trump was hoping to change the subject to an area in which he has been claiming major success ever since he met with Kim in Singapore. That strategy fell apart Thursday morning in Hanoi as Trump and Kim ended their talks even before a scheduled lunch. A signing ceremony for a new statement was scrapped. A news conference set for the late afternoon was moved ahead two hours. And shortly afterwards, Trump was airborne on the long flight back to Washington. Uh, Ned Price, a former CIA analyst and NSC spokesman under President Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, oh my goodness, President Barack Obama said, "No one ever thought it was a good idea except for one person, Donald Trump." And that's been, <laughs> and that's been the problem with this process all along. Mm-hmm. It has revolved around Trump rather than the professionals, precisely because Trump wanted the limelight and resulting political boon. We and he now see the consequences of that as clear as day. After the Singapore meeting, Trump took to praising Kim, who reportedly has had his uncle and stepbrother murdered while incarcerating countless political prisoners as a visionary leader he I has mean, called trump is like hey you, you're on to something there i wish i could do that here <laughs> yeah i've got people i need to mm-hmm. um get out of the way um he has called kim quote very honorable and mm. quote very worthy and quote very smart and a very smart negotiator and quote very open and terrific he is. Um, well, he's apparently a very great negotiator because he's getting everything he wants. He's getting everything he wants. This is true. He has gushed over the letters that Kim sent him and told audiences that he and the dictator, quote, fell in love. Just oh, before the start, <laughs> just before the start of the Hanoi summit, Trump even called him my friend and said the United States and North Korea have a, quote, special relationship, a term once reserved for America's ties to Great Britain. Robert Gallucci, a U.S. negotiator with North Korea under President Bill Clinton, said he is willing to cut Trump some slack on the -the over-the-top language, but wishes it were part of a cohesive negotiating strategy. Uh, Gallucci said, saying the threat's gone, life is wonderful, we're in love, all kinds of stuff, it doesn't have to mean anything. It certainly wouldn't be the way I would proceed. It wasn't the way I proceeded. And as a matter of substance, it certainly was not true. But I feel pretty generous about that kind of nonsense. Now, a professor, uh, I'm sorry, now a professor of diplomacy at Georgetown University, Gallucci said the result of the summit is far better than what he had feared given Trump's track record. He unilaterally ended U.S. South Korea military exercises after the Singapore sit-down and his apparent need for a political victory. He goes on to say, I'm feeling good because nothing really bad happened. These people, <laughs> these people traveled long distances. There's enormous hoopla over it. And then if the meeting isn't a success, it's very deflating. Uh, Cha, who is now the... The bar is so low. We're the bar all is so low. still alive. So yeah, nobody died. <laughs> nobody good job. Died. Uh, mm. Excuse okay. me. So... Mm-hmm. Cha, who is now with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, said that while the two sides could continue to talk, the path forward is unclear because of the collapse at the very top. When diplomacy at the leadership level fails, there's not really a whole lot of rope after that. For his part, Trump said Thursday that discussions would continue. 
He said, I think the relationship was very warm. And when we walked away, it was a very friendly walk. That friendly friendliness, at least from the president, was on display during his 40-minute news conference. Asked about the June 2017 death of University of Virginia student Otto Warmbier Mm -hmm. following his imprisonment in North Korea for the attempted theft of a propaganda poster, Trump said that Kim was uninvolved. He tells me that he didn't know about it, and I will take him at his word, Trump said. Mm -hmm. The president also cast doubt on U.S. intelligence analysts' findings that North Korea is continuing to produce nuclear material and long-range missiles. Some people are saying that, and some people aren't, Trump said. The comments continue Trump's pattern of believing authoritarian leaders over his own intelligence agencies including siding with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's take on the murder and mutilation of a Washington Post journalist and with Russian leader Vladimir Putin's views on a number of issues, including Russian interference in the 2016 election to help Trump win. So there you have it. I mean, oh my gosh. So I think (laughs) I'm not calling... Trump dictator only because he can't be here. Um, but I feel like the language that he's using speaks to Kim Jong-un. Because I was like, I feel they're both narcissists. They are. And so, like, that flattery, I think, like, he thinks that's part of his... I feel he thinks it's part of his strategy. And I, I agree. I do. And I, and I think I agree with um, Gallucci's take on it is in that it wouldn't be my approach. Right. But like, I could see where it could work if it was paired with some sort of strategy, some sort of strategy, like an additional strategy. Like, I don't disagree that you probably need to approach a narcissist dictator with kid gloves and flattery right. is probably a good thing. Like, I, you know, so I don't have a problem with that. It's just the fact that all these other things, like he's not waiting for all the pieces to be in place from the people who know how to do this, you know, like right. that, you know, the fact that he's got people both inside you know, on the ground who are, you know, whose work it is, you know, to help foreign policy negotiations fall into place and you're not giving them the time and the space to do the thing that it is that they're experts at doing. Um, And then you go ahead and do it yourself and it doesn't work. You know, like that's the problem. Like there's people in place for this and you don't know how to allow everybody you know you don't well you don't really know how to let anyone shine oh no you know like that's the thing right so yeah so I don't even like I I mean it's all ridiculous I mean and you know what so the degree to which whether he actually believes that the thing excuse me that he said about um Kim Jong-un or you know or whether he's just saying them for the sake of keeping, you know, keeping that channel open and keeping his ego kind of stroked. Um, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know which of the two it is, but if it's working, then fine. But 
you know, the thing is, it's not it, it that in and of itself isn't working. No, we haven't. We're, you know, and like we talked, we talked about this place. over the summer. Yeah. yeah, we're still in the same place, and they haven't, you know, denuclearized, and they're still a threat, and that's a problem. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah. So, but I am glad. <laughs> like yeah, we're still alive. We're still alive. That nothing went terribly wrong mm. either. Um. So I guess you know, is it like a no news is good news? Maybe I'll take that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. And the next story. Okay. This. Okay. We've had the wine and cheese show. We've had, <laughs> and this is the on the rock show. Is it on the rocks? Because I can hear your. Oh, and I can hear your glass. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Oh, Um, okay. Hi. Hi, glass. Yes, on the rocks is a good thing. So. What are you drinking? Just my um, house margarita, Casa Camarota margarita. Um, I had tacos. (laughs) What? I had tacos tonight. Um, okay. I, have, I have tacos every night this week because I made um, this really my delicious my, one of my favorite recipes: the garlicky Cuban pop, uh, pork roast. Mm-hmm. I slow cooked it this time. Oh god, it's so good! It's so good. So yeah, that and I um, I found those. Um, yeah, I've always liked the white corn tortillas from Mission, but they now they make them in the like the cute little street taco size. Yes, I've seen those. Yeah, so, so cute. it's and it's perfect because I can have three little tortillas, but it's like half the calories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still having like three little tacos that I made my own guacamole. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, it's my little, I, I, um, I like, um, my tortillas burnt. Um, so I've been, uh-huh. you know, I heat them over the, um, you know, uh, just over the, fire. the, over the gas. Yeah. On the stovetop. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I burn my little tortilla edges. Um, I scoop in the garlicky pork roast, then a dollop of homemade guacamole, and a little uh, cheese on top. Delicious. Mm, I would love that with a little cheese and a little pickled onions. Mm. Mm, yeah, that would add, that would definitely add something, but I'm not pickling any onions. So. Yeah, I know. Nor but am yeah. I. But you could, you know how to. Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah. I, I don't cook. You cook way more than I do right now. Again, I cook a mean breakfast, and after that, I'm done. Huh. Pretty much. Um, okay, but you so... know how to cook a lot more things than I do. You're just not doing it, which is different. Mm. Yeah. So go on. Okay. This um, this is out of the Chicago Sun Times. We're coming down to national news now, as you're aware. To this week, uh, Michael Cohen uh, testified in front of. Um, Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of lots of various stories um, coming out of his testimony. Uh, this, again, actually, it's Chicago Sun-Times by way of the Associated Press. So I don't actually have a byline on this, but it is dateline today, February 28th. And the headline is, the Black friend defense is a tired racial trope for some. So have you heard about this? No. Okay, so it starts off 
Kelly Darden Jr. still remembers one of the first times he experienced the, quote, black friend defense. Back in high school, a group of white classmates dressed in Confederate-inspired clothing as part of a social club called the Rebel Rousers. Um, and they insisted they weren't racist when confronted because some of them knew Darden, who is black. It was insulting, the 64-year-old Greenville, North Carolina man called, recalled on Thursday. I was insulted by it even as it was occurring. Darden and countless other African-Americans have experienced variations of the black friend defense, saying that a person can't be racist because of the color of the company he keeps for generations. And the trope played out in front of a national TV audience this week as Republican Representative Mark Meadows defended President Donald Trump against testimony by Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, claiming that the president is racist. Meadows of North Carolina quickly sent social media into a frenzy when he pointed to Lynn Patton, a black Trump administration staffer, and said Patton never would tolerate working for a racist. Many considered the black friend of France a tired and hollow argument. Uh, Democratic Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan said in response to Meadows' interaction with Patton, the fact someone would actually use a prop, a black woman in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist It's in itself. An outraged Meadows hit back saying he can't be racist because he has nieces and nephews of color and he is friends with Representative Elijah Cummings, who is black and was chairing the hearing. The defense has a history of being part of a politician's playbook. Trump himself has trotted it out more than once. While giving remarks during the 2016 presidential campaign stop, Trump pointed to someone in the crowd and yelled, look at my African-American over there. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing that, so that's like crazy. Anyway, um, a few I blocks remember of- that. Oh, my gosh. A few black celebrities have been called props or Uncle Toms for throwing support Trump's way or simply just meeting with him. Kanye West, Steve Harvey and Jim Brown have all been criticized. Harvey, who voted for Hillary Clinton, told media outlets in 2017 that he regretted meeting with the president at Trump Tower because of the backlash. He only did so in the hopes of helping with Trump's transition to the White House. In Four Little Girls, Spike Lee's 1997 documentary revisiting the deadly 1963 Birmingham church bombing, former Alabama governor and one-time staunch segregationist George Wallace talks about how he has helped Black people. At one point, he is seen sitting behind the governor's desk and summons a Black man. Quote. I'm going to summon a black man somewhere. Summon <laughs> a black man. Just, I need this girl. I need yeah. to summon a black man. Lord, you need to okay. summon a black man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. Okay. That is hilarious. Yeah, so he summons a black man and he says, while holding the man's hand, here's one of my best friends right here. My best friend right here. I want to go anywhere without him. The man stands quietly but doesn't say anything. Because he's not his best friend. (laughs) He's like, you're not my best friend. Leroy, my best friend. friend. No, (laughs) (laughs) not Leroy. (laughs) You ain't Leroy. Don't let Leroy hear you talk like that. Mm -hmm. Because Leroy and me go way back. I don't know you like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) You don't even know my middle name. You ain't even met mama now. 
No, you really haven't met Mama and them. You know George Wallace hasn't met Mama and them. Uh-uh. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> the phenomenon was also the subject of a 2014 study done by University of London Business School professor Daniel A. Efron. In his research, Efron noted that the former Bosnian leader, Radovan Karadzic, said he held no anti-Muslim prejudice because his former barber was Muslim. In 2016, Karazdik was convicted of genocide, war crimes, and crimes against humanity for wartime atrocities, including the 1995 massacre of 8,000 Muslim men. Tyler Pari, an associate professor of African American Studies at California State University in Fullerton, said using Black people as political props is something that occurred as far back as the 19th century in debates about slavery. In antebellum era writings by former slave owners, they would often describe their relationship with slaves as a friendship. It was a way for them to justify their stance on slavery. Pari said he finds it remarkable that people in the public eye keep using the black friend excuse over and over in almost verbatim language rather than issue a mea culpa. It comes off shallow and brings the authenticity of the friendship into question, he says. Quote, there's a few studies that say it's, way, it's a way to overcompensate, particularly a white person or a person of privilege feels the need to accumulate friends of color in case they are ever accused of racism. If they can't deflect the criticism and place it upon their friend as a way to explain it, they can get off the hook. Patton, the Trump administration staffer, denied she was a figurehead being exploited by Republicans. A former event planner, best known for her work on the wedding of Trump's son, Eric Patton, slammed Democratic lawmakers who placed more credence on the word of a self-confessed convicted perjurer, that was a quote, than a highly educated Black woman working alongside the president. That is not the resume of a prop. It is, however, the resume of someone who remains completely unfazed by the criticism of others and laser focus, Patton wrote on her Instagram. Um, so um, what say you, Kristen Haynes? I mean, I think every black person who has been in like a white space has kind of experienced this Mm-hmm. at some point sure. or another and yeah I don't understand why people don't get the um, I'm not racist because I have black friend thing isn't a thing because there sure are people who are married to black people who are still racist like that has nothing to do with anything so I just don't I, uh, you know what I think it is, and I because I think that this is I think that it is the problem is that people are are using are not often using the same definition of racism, and so right, and I think that that's and I think that is key because I do think that there's there's this idea okay racism can be um, thinking that you're, you know, thinking that your race is superior to others, right? Right. Like that's kind of like a real, like basic um, surface level understanding of what 
one uh, one understanding of what racism is and i think that that's true um but i think that if you only go by that one definition and you don't include in it um ideas of privilege ideas of the way the um systems as a result of your privilege are set up um in your favor and you don't acknowledge that or see that maybe the things that you support by way of policy or otherwise um, keep you in a position of privilege over somebody else and that that Mm -hmm. sort of inherent racism is just as problematic as just like being like a skinhead who's out to, you know, um, shoot every black person that you see or whatever. <laughs> you know, right. So like, there are degrees. Those are, those are both real, right. Like there's degrees and those are both real things. They're both problematic and, um, and a real, you know, like, and really evil at the core, regardless of which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I think that most people who, who do, who use this sort of like, well, I have black friends or there are black people in my family or whatever. I'm married to a black person, so I can't be, um, are using that first definition of, you know, I don't, and, and I think they're being honest. I think they're like, I don't see myself as superior or better than, or I don't think of them as less than or unequal to right. me. And so I think that that's actually genuine and people are being sincere, but because folks are not like, it's like anything. Like if we're not using the same definition of the word, then we're just talking past each other because, you know, like, I think that's at the end of the day, like that's the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause racism isn't like you said, like that extreme, like it's the, the microaggressions. It's, you know, if you're in a position of, of privilege, like, yeah, it's, it's, you don't, you don't know, like you're, you're not aware of some things and how it affects other people. So it's, it's exhausting. It's just, (laughs) it's exhausting. And I mean, and self-awareness is so important. I think for everybody, not just for, uh, for just everybody, for any reason, in all circumstances, that the level of self-awareness that it takes to really consider other people um, and consider um, situations um, from a different perspective than your own, um, whether it's whether it's a relationship or a friendship or or in this case in these political arenas, like it's just it's just a matter of self awareness, and I think that you know people, you know, la- you know, because I didn't, I watched the interaction between. Um, Oh, I just forgot his name that quick. Um, Representative Meadows and um, and uh, Representative Talib, and um, and it was it was hard to watch, mostly because he was he was so very very sincere, and hmm. Like, I like, and this is what I mean. Like, I honestly, be, you know, like, I believe him and I believe that he believes what he's saying. And I think I'm that. I believe that he believes what he's saying. 
I don't believe him, but I I think that he really thinks that. I think that of a, a lot of people. I think, mm-hmm. like even like when it comes like again when it comes to like men and sexism, I believe like they really don't think that they're doing anything wrong. You're like that's where it's you know, yes, that's wrong. You have to like make people aware aware, and a lot of people just aren't. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. What are you doing? I'm trying. I'm trying to. What are you? (laughs) What are you trying to do? I'm trying to make cohesive sentences. Oh, okay. Let me not interrupt. I have clear thoughts. No, it's not. I'm gonna blame it on the alcohol. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Good lord! I know it's horrible. I'm gonna sleep well tonight, though. Whenever this is done. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to pass out. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, I do, I think, you know, the one heart, not heartwarming, I don't know, but the one like really like, the, so, okay, because apparently Representative Meadows and Representative Cummings, who's the chair of the committee, mm-hmm. um, are actually like really good friends, <laughs> like um, not just according to Representative Meadows, but like it was Rep- Representative Cummings was also like, you know, yeah, like this is my boy, basically, <laughs> like whatever. And so their interact, I don't know, it just. It's like Ginsburg and Scalia. Yeah. And, but also it was just kind of this like, I, like, it was really like you saw Representative Cummings like feeling the, the, the need to be like, I hear you. And I understand you. And, like, he was, like, really trying to, like, negotiate the distress that had arisen from Representative Tlaib, you know, Mm -hmm. basically calling Representative Meadows out on what he'd done the previous day or earlier in that session. I'm not sure exactly when um, um, the the, um, administrative staffer was brought out. But um, in any case... Cummings was really just making this effort to like, okay, no, like we need to clear this up. We need to understand what is it that you're saying, Ms. Tlaib? And what is it that you're saying, Mr. Meadows? You know, it was so like, I don't know, refreshing in the sense that what we've been talking about in over the course of the last several months with regard to politics and the great divide and how people are talking past each other. And you saw Representative Cummings like really like, working to talk you know (laughs) like to like talk and listen and have each person hear and it was just I don't know it just it felt like just a little like glimmer of like (laughs) you know hope or just the right you know just like decency and like common sense like hold on we have a disagreement like I, I'm going to give you time to explain yourself. I'm going to give you time to respond. I want you to hear what I have to say about this. You know, everybody cool your heels. Like this is getting heated. Like, you know, like it was like this, like, Oh, I don't know. It was, he did it so well. Um, and it was again, so sincere on his part to just be like, hold on. Like, let's, let's, we're not going to leave this like this, you know? Um, I don't know. I just feel like we need a lot more of that. <laughs> like actual conversation. Yeah, like actual conversation and people really stopping to listen. Because I don't think Ms. I don't think Representative Tlaib was like trying to hear anything either. And I, it's 
And I feel like, you know, and I, I get the frustration. And like you said, like, it's exhausting. Um, but again, like, I don't know. I just feel like you, st- you still, everyone still needs to stop. Everybody still needs to listen. And, you know, it's, and that's not, these are not easy conversations and they're not, um, and they can't, you know, they are frustrating and they can be exhausting. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can just, you know, railroad people or whatever. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's it, girl. That's all my newsworthy. Um, just okay. so, there's a, there's a ton more going on about around all Cohen. these things. Cohen in particular, I couldn't even, I it was hard. Can- it was almost impossible to sift through the hundreds of think pieces and editorials and commentary on, I mean, it's just, and I, and the thing is like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like he's, he is kind of like, dub like already perjured himself so it's sort of like are we you know like how much of this are we supposed to believe like i don't know my thing i mean i think people really want to believe him because he's now saying what people want him to say but i feel like you're kind of a known liar at this point so it's hard to sounds like everyone in that circle is a known liar so it's whatever right my, that, my, this is what i'm saying like yeah. it's just unique i feel like you need better witnesses or more yeah something right. i don't know i just can i just say though that i woke up in the morning with his statement being everywhere before he even started really testifying and then i before my lunch date i went over to the <laughs> house and everyone was around the television watching it was like it was the Super Bowl. Like everyone was, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, can we go and have pastries? Like, I, I, I don't want to watch this, but yeah, it was. Yeah, people were glued. I like, I, I like went, you know, I like went in, in the middle of the day to check on Facebook and it's all that anybody was like posting about time out. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to stay on Facebook just because I just don't, like, I can't, like, I understand, like, like people follow this stuff, and it's, you know, but I'm like, I, I can't do it. Like I said, like, my mental health, like, I just can't. I've been checked out on politics. You know, I love politics. I was, like, all into it, like, super, super, worked on campaigns before. But I just had, I checked out, like, to 2016 campaign. Like, I voted, of course, but I used to, like, listen to, like, talk radio and all the different people. Like, I could not do that anymore. I'm just now really starting to, like, listen to, like, NPR politics or to kind of tune in to some things that are going on. But I've just been so tuned out on all of that. I just, because it's so, like, I have enough stress. I just can't take any more stuff in so yeah I mean I just don't care and I'm not gonna say because I I do care but I just it's just so much I just can't that's just where I am right now I just I just can't so yeah thank you for all of you guys for holding it down um (laughs) and um hopefully one day I can resume my love of politics and whatnot but right now it's I just can't there's a lot of things I can't do but um, there you go that's, that's one of those 
things right now. I used to talk about people like me, but oh well. It's really fine. Yeah, I, I mean, it it really, it really is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm focused on, like, self-care and taking the very basic survival things I need to take care of. And I know that, you know, globally and locally, all these things affect me. Mm-hmm. But I am really at the base point of just making it day-to-day. And March is coming up. Tomorrow, so March is always hellacious for me. So I'm just trying to get through the the month. That's true. Yeah. So, I yeah. can't believe it's already March. I mean, I know that February is the shortest month of the year, but every week, every year, I'm like, what? How is February already over? And the thing, and the thing is, is, it's not a lot of days short. Right. That's the thing. Like. It's the shortest month of the year, but only by like two days. So why yeah, does it's it not feel like missing a whole week? Right, like they, but it feels like it's only like a three-week month. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing two. I've done. I'm okay. I've been involved in like three different challenges work-related this month. I've and been following this... your your video challenge. Thank you so much. I've actually gotten like a lot of, um good stuff to come out of that which is kind good. of funny but I was like I also was like god I need to go buy some makeup when I do these things but I'm trying to like just do them like naturally and not because I'm gonna I'm about to do some like really produced videos soon Ooh. yeah I have a videographer and we're gonna like do that sometime what? yeah so very exciting that's one of the things I've been working on um when I went to my conference, it's just kind of incorporating YouTube and video into my um, whole business. So, yeah, okay. so that's something I'm going to do this week. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just trying to do that so that I can just, like, naturally. I was like, this is going to help me just naturally get a little bit more natural in front of the camera. So that's why I've kind mm-hmm. of been participating in this. So that's been good. So I've already, you know, kind of gotten ideas of, like, some of the things I've talked about that I want to especially like the credit thing to like do in a more, you know, high, you know, a little more produced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Segment. So like little bites. So yeah. So that has been interesting. So that and like some other challenges and I was like, okay, this one went by real fast. Like Everything was like a 21 day challenge. And so I was just like, I, this month, what what happened? And then the fact that I was only gone away for four days, but it feels like I was gone like a week. Yeah. That, that like really messed me up too. So I like have spent like, you know, trying, trying to, whatever. So yeah, so that is that. So are we going to break for our commercial? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and now for a word from our sponsor. Yeah. All righty. Okay. We're back. And now we're back. So, Viral Vox. So, okay. Mm. I will start by saying, like, I don't even know if this is true or not. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> this is, okay. This is crack. This thing cracked me up. So, okay. just to go, like, to set the tone for this. So, I didn't even know that this was a thing. So, you know, tax season, blah, blah, blah. But again, mm-hmm. as one of those Americans who 
never get a tax refund and mm-hmm. either have to pay or if I do get a refund, it's like, here's your hundred dollars. Enjoy. So mm-hmm. this isn't a celebratory tie for me. I try to like, I'm, I'm that person filing like April, you know, right there. Oh yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I have to pay. So like, whatever. So I don't experience the joy that other people have at this time right. of year. So one of my um, colleagues said, because uh, our office is near this huge shopping center. You've seen it. It's mm-hmm. massive and like mm-hmm. several blocks. Um, and she was like, hey, everyone, please stay away from the shopping center because people have gotten their annual bonuses. And so I was like, what? And then I had to think about it. I was like, oh, people are getting their tax returns. And so apparently people people were turning up at, because, you know, there's a bunch of little restaurants over there. There's an old lady gang over there, which is Candy Burst is her um, mother and aunt's their restaurant. Mm. Um, There's like, you know, Red Lobster and Longhorn. Like, you know, Fridays, like there's a bunch of little restaurant, little chain restaurants over Mm -hmm. there. And so they were like, there's like a little Japanese steakhouse and there's like, girl, there's like a two hour wait at those places because pe- it's packed over there. And I was like, oh, hey, this wow. will last for a That's couple a of weeks and then it'll be over. So, and I was like, oh, yeah, because they're going to spend all their money right. instead of doing something sound with it. Oh my God, people are like, ridiculous. Put it towards a doubt, like your earnest money to buy a house. Hint, hint, hint. Okay. So, right. yeah, so I was like, Okay, this is so I was like, oh, I need to get that little social media video out there. Um, mm-hmm. That's tomorrow already. So, right. um, yeah, so I was like, that is like insane. So I saw this on, this leads me to the viral thing I saw online. So it's a flyer, a little thing, and it says mm-hmm. Pop- Popeye's Louisiana Chicken. And again, like, I don't even know if this is real or not. This could very well not be. It doesn't sound real. It's hilarious. So it says, Popeyes, due to release of tax refunds, we have no staff available and will be closed until further notice. Please visit one of our nearby locations. And it lists two different locations. We apologize for any inconvenience. And apparently this happened in Mobile, Alabama. What? (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. So... Their location is closed. Because mm-hmm. none of the staff showed up. Because the staff is out spending their tax money? Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, no. Stop. That can't be right. That can't <laughs> be right. Like, that can't be real, but I was like... That can't be real. The fact that anyone even came up with that is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, please. I hope that was just a joke. That is I horrible. That was a, but it's a funny joke. So. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, again, people, ladies and gentlemen, I know no one listening to this, but touch a Needs, friend. Tell yeah. somebody. Yeah. Don't spend that money on foolish things. Don't spend that money on foolish things. And also, how about don't have your tax refund be your savings plan right or like well, your annual <laughs> like we're not that's... even going that far but yeah oh my goodness no i am please say actually save money throughout the year so that this is not like the biggest thing that happens to you all year long that is sad 
that is just sad. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. so that is that. So wait, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the big news is the black ass Oscars. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, is that <laughs> okay? <sighs> Bourbon talking to me. So oh, I want to first start out by saying congratulations to my Morehouse brother for finally finally long long overdue winning an Oscar for best adapted screenplay for his film Black Klansman yes. I love that I didn't watch the show but of course I saw clips later I, I was again I was exhausted and I like went to sleep um so well before it started and mm-hmm. so I um, saw the clip of him leaping into Samuel <laughs> Jackson's arms in his purple suit and um, you know giving his speech which was peak spike peak. And, oh my god it was amazing and just like you know the shout out to Morehouse was mm-hmm. hilarious so yeah, so yay, congratulations to him. Yeah, um, that was good. Also, um, Black Panther for Hannah B. Yes. for production design. And Black Ruth Carter. Was beautiful. That's what I'm getting to next. Um, the legendary Ruth legendary. Carter yes. for costume design. If you're unaware of her, most Black people have known her forever because she's been in, you know, part of every like major black film forever and this uh, is her third years. nomination yeah so yeah so this is awesome um of course brenda jenkins has an oscar regina she key yes she does i, I mean, was like brenda jenkins, jenkins. <laughs> no i'm so excited for regina king and i really i i've always like especially um in the last, I don't know, last like six or seven years, she's been in a lot of stuff. And I've like, my appreciation for her has grown. Like, you know, she was in Southland, which was like mm-hmm. um, such a great series. And she was so good in it. Um, and like really started to stand out for me as like an actress like there. And then like in a bunch of the other like films and mm-hmm. TV shows that she's been in. And, and she was great in um, If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, her role as the mom was mm. amazing. Um, so I was, it's, it's been a long time coming, I feel like, because um, she really has been um, just, I don't know, kind of like a un, unsung, you know? <laughs> she has, and the thing for me is I first, you know, like, again, we all grew up with her because she was in 227 she was in friday mm-hmm. you know she was in you know like a lot of things but i like really took notice and kind of when jerry Maguire came out and that was like what nine between 94 and 96 mm. some, sometime in there and you know cuba gooding got the oscar nod and win and she didn't and i was like she was amazing in that small part and Jerry mm. Maguire. And I was like, in any other instance, 
another person like in a similar part would have gotten a nomination for that because you know because best supporting actress you know it doesn't always have to be like a huge right you know thing but it's like a person in the, you know, that that supporting role who makes a big game and I thought she was amazing I was like if Cuba Gooding Jr. gets an out I felt that she I you know that was a year like I was really really into that's when I really really got involved with like the Oscar thing and I was mm-hmm. like, she really deserved a nod. So I've been kind of like feeling that it was long overdue for her. Mm-hmm. And like her body of work has only just grown and just gotten mm-hmm. more and more impressive over the years. And I like of all the people, you know, right under like right with like right underneath Spike Lee. Like I was so like happy to see that she, you know, received that accolade. Like really well does you know much mm-hmm. deserved um and she was looking fierce gorgeous. in that white okay. dress oh okay can we just say again okay going on the black people just show up and show it out um angela bassett okay always always in that pink hot against pink. that brown i was mm. like get out of here and i was looking for lapita like the whole time and then finally i saw some pictures of her and her white gorgeous mm-hmm. as always mm-hmm. so always. beautiful so you know that was awesome um best original song of course shallow um mm-hmm. and i watched a little part of that but i did make a meme out of oh, I, saw, <laughs> I saw that that was funny i yeah, know lots so of people have been doing that like with that but that close-up of the two of them, that's really funny. Yes, I was like, oh my gosh. And um, Robbie Malik for Bohemian Rhapsody, lead actor. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. So I was like, awesome. So the best picture. Um, <sighs> yeah, so I'm going to say, I'm going to be, um, hmm. <laughs> I don't ever want to give the Academy members the benefit of the doubt, but I feel that a, I, I feel that I don't know how the voting happens, but I feel that I think the voting got split and Green Book just snuck in there. Cause split between I, what? I think between like Black Klansmen and um what was the other one? But then no, because it won best screenplay. So, but I just, I just want to believe that this is not intention. This was not in the intent because I feel like we had, it was such a inclusive, you know, the Oscars are really trying very hard um, to be mm-hmm. inclusive. And then we give the award to driving Miss Daisy in reverse. And so, <laughs> and so, which is kind of what Spike Lee said, because you know, like that's when Malcolm X lost. No, do the right thing, lost to was it Malcolm X do the right thing? I can't remember. They were all so long ago. He lost mm-hmm. Best Picture to Driving Miss Daisy that year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he was like, it's like the same thing, just in reverse. So there's the the white guy driving around the black man, and I was like, and they said he walked out, which I was like, of course he did. Um, yeah, he walked. I didn't, I, they didn't, I didn't, I mean, I was watching it, so I didn't see him walk out, but I heard it said that he walked out. Apparently there's clips of it. I was like, I mean, it, here's the thing. I, I did not have 
the same like lots of people have very strong feelings about green book i didn't feel like it was um you know lots of people are calling it a white savior movie i didn't see that at all like to me that's not what it was about really at all Mm -hmm. um and so but so that's not my issue with it I thought it was a really good film. I was, was very interested in it. Like, I thought it was a really good story about friendship. And again, kind of what I was talking about in the previous segment, like the importance of like understanding one another um, and getting into people's lives in a way that forces you to think outside of your your little world or your little slice of life. Um, so, So I thought it was a good film. It was entertaining and interesting and well acted and Mahershala Ali and uh, Viggo Mortensen both did really great jobs um, all of that like I thought it was fine mm-hmm. so I totally saw the Oscar nod in terms of the nomination but I just did not think it was going to win like I didn't especially with who it was up against um, Black Klansman was um, just a much more nuanced film um, in a million different ways. And so to me, it was like, I, you know, for me, like I was, I, I saw everything except for the favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And at the, you know, with, with, with that said, I was like still like Black Klansman was my first pick all along and it stayed in my first slot all along when it won adapted screenplay I thought it really had a shot at best film I was terrified when Alfonso Cuaron um won best the director uh best directing because I was like I swear to god if Roma wins best film I am gonna lose it right here no (laughs) and that's the thing like Roma would never win best film because it was also in the foreign language category which is what they always do if it's in the foreign language category like you know he's so like well respected and like and it's very much okay I did not see the movie but again like even like these movies I have not seen them I know what they are you know you know you know what I'm saying like you kind of get a feel of like it's an arty film I'm sure the cinematography was gorgeous Right. It was. The cinematography yeah. was beautiful. But I, you know, so, but I was really like, you know, oftentimes. I'm sure it was very slow. Hand in hand. With, oh, yeah. It was, Roma was, I hated Roma. <laughs> a lot of I, people I, did not care for it. Even a lot of mo- series movie people did not like right. it. It was just, because it was, it was an exercise from a film perspective. It was an exercise in, I don't know how to edit myself. And I think everything about this is so beautiful that I'm just going to keep everything in, you know? So it was like this, like, no, you need to edit. Some of this stuff needs to be on the editing room floor. Like this, like very much like it's such a, I think it's an Oscar thing. That's such a, like, you know, film for film's sake. And that's like, what was the name of that movie that I just could not stand that um, Terrence, Malin movie. Oh, I hated that movie. What was it called? Tree of Life. Oh my yeah. god. No, and it was the absolutely. same thing. It's like exactly that, the like, same thing. Self-congratulatory. Exactly like, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It's exactly what Roma was. Yeah. Um, was just like, in Spanish. Yeah. No, what did he No. So, no. And it's the uh, same thing just with yeah. subtitles. Right. And um and so I just 
So anyway, so, but you know, director and film often go hand in hand. So when they gave best director to him, I was like, oh, they better not. Like, I was like, so I was fully prepared to like one, be mad that it was about to be Roma, you know, because again, I was thinking the same thing. Like it already got best foreign language film. Um, I don't really see the best director, but fine, whatever. You know, so I was just like, bracing myself right. so when they announced green book literally everyone who was at the oscar party was like what like it was like this like group like huh like no nobody got that one right like on our ballots nobody guessed best film right like because nobody thought it was green book like it was just i think nobody producers of green book were surprised i don't think anybody and my thing with okay again i did not see only movie i saw this year was black panther I didn't see any of the movies, which is highly unusual, but that's what it was. So, mm-hmm. my thing with Green Book, again, like, I, without seeing it, so I, you know, it's, you know, take it, you know, as someone who hasn't seen it, the fact that the, who the movie is about, like, I'm so tired of this, he was the supporting person in the film about his life. So, I don't like that. That drives me crazy. So, like, Viggo Mortensen, I guess because he was, like, the main character. He was the narrator of the movie. I think I was asking, funny, because, you know, our, um, our, my friend uh, Michelle, um, she, you know, she's sort of like our person at the Oscar party who's um, professional, has like, like a professional, like, industry insight. Um, I was asking her about that because I was like, how is that designated? Because this happens a lot, not just in this movie, like, where you have a movie like this that is, to me, in terms of storyline, equally about the two main characters. Right. But obviously you can only have one person up for best actor and one person for best supporting actor. How do they choose that? And she said that there's actually, um, like, oftentimes in the situation like that, it comes down to number of lines. Mm. It can also come down to number of um, a, a number of lines, and if number of lines is too close or doesn't can't just you know like is not like a significant difference, um, it can also come down to just the way um, the um, the contracts were drawn up to begin with. Because mm-hmm. um, so, Vigo like, is the bigger star, is that or just like more general that, than that with their contract? Yeah, like just kind of, yeah, like, I mean, who's the bigger star between the two? Um, In this case, the screenplay is adapted from the book by the character that Vigo plays. Mm -hmm. And his son was a part of the, was I think a producer, right? Right, the Valle Mm -hmm. Longa. Mm -hmm. Uh And so, um, so... So there's that aspect of it too. So like if, if the, I think it was basically the gist of it was like if the lines don't decide it don't decidedly decide it by number of lines Mm -hmm. then these other things come into play that weigh one actor heavier over the other in terms of actor versus supporting actor when it's this close when it's like basically you have two protagonists so to speak or whatever you know um so so yeah so so I don't know I mean all that to say like you know yeah it's that's just how it turned out okay but yeah, well, all that to say, I don't like that when that happens. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. And like, I feel that you should be the, well, I guess, you know, again, like I knew like the son was involved, the main character, so it's going to be from his perspective. But 
I don't like stories like that. I like the person who it's supposed to be about to be <laughs> the main but that's character. the thing. Like, it wasn't really just about Don Shirley. Like, okay. it, like, it was to about me, their friendship, like, their relationship. Yeah, like, it was about the two of them. Like, to me, like, that's really what my question was. Like, to me, this movie is about these two guys, you know? And so, if you know, like, it's like if it was Thelma and Louise, you know? Like, who gets, who's supporting between those two? You know what I mean? Like, if you removed anything else from it, and it's just like, you have this movie that's about this friendship, who's over the other one? Like, that was really my question. Um, Because they both get equal, they seem to get equal, um screen time you know (laughs) they're both equally important to the story you couldn't tell the story one without the other you know like so and it's really about developing each of their characters and how they each affect one another in this relationship as this friendship grows um so to me it was equally about both of them like it wasn't like oh the don shirley story told as told by his driver like it was it wasn't that at all Okay, so I guess my other thing is why can't they both be in the best actor? That's a, That's a good question. Because yeah, they can I think be. That, yeah. There's no rule against it. It wasn't like, um, what's their names? Uh, for The Godfather. Didn't they have like mm-hmm. Al Pacino and Marlon Brando were both in the same category, right? I don't know. I believe they were. Um, I'll look it up later and I will mm. correct myself. But yeah, I feel that hmm. okay. I don't like it. Let's just go back to the I don't like it. <laughs> Let's just stick with I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can, I mean, we can definitely do that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But it was... Um, it was it was disappointing, and again, I and at the end of the day, I really felt like um, the. Although I was really happy for, um, I was really happy for Spike that he got best adapted screenplay, and he you know that he finally got an Oscar um, win. Uh, I really, you know, I just really felt that Black Klansman deserved director. I felt like it deserved film. Um, And I felt in the end, I I ended up kind of feeling like, even though I was glad for him, I felt like we're giving you adapted screenplay and that's all you're going to get. You know, like it felt, and you, yeah, you be happy with that because you're never getting director and you're never getting film. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, that to me was, like, the bigger disappointment. Um, and um, so so that's, like, I walked away with that sort of, like, sour <laughs> um, taste in my mouth um, at, at the end of the night. Because I just felt like, you know, Spike, Spike's put out a, a lot of good stuff. He's also put out a lot of crap. Um, Black Klansman was peak Spike like it was Spike at his best like in terms of like the 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 story that he you know chose to adapt the way that it was adapted the 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 choice in the direction um, everything like it was so so well done um, 
like, you know, it just felt like, you know, if he doesn't win it with this, he's never going to get it. And I feel like that's basically what happened, you know? So um, it's really, really unfortunate. So, okay. I'm looking at the Godfather. Um, Al Pacino was up for best supporting actor with, along with Robert Duvall for best supporting actor but for best actor it was, it just, like it was marlon just marlon brando mm -hmm. okay. actually no you is, had, are you looking at 72 or 76 i'm looking at 73 it was james con al pacino and robert duvall were all up for best supporting actor i don't think that's the one i'm trying to think because that was for godfather but godfather 2 I didn't look up Godfather 2. I'm only looking up Godfather 1. Mm -hmm. Let me add 2 to my search. Godfather 2. No. Best Supporting Actor, Robert De Niro. Okay. Best Actor, Al Pacino. Best Supporting mm -hmm. Actor, Michael Vigazzo. Best Supporting Actor, Lee Strasberg. So apparently you can have a bunch of people from the same movie. For best supporting actor? Oh, I'm looking at one from 76. So it was Network. What's not Network? the Godfather. You never seen it's like a movie network. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. It didn't hold up. So there are two people. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Like, Clearly, because I don't know what it is. So okay. So in Best Actor in this is 1976. So uh -huh. William Holden and Peter Finch were both nominated for Best Actor for uh -huh. Network. Mind you, this was the same year. See, Robert De Niro was nominated for Taxi Driver and Sylvester Stallone for Rocky. I mean, what are we doing here? No one even knows what Network is anymore. Well, yeah, like it does not. Because <laughs> no clearly, clearly, if I don't know it, yeah, if you don't know knows. it. I think I may have watched it once and it was very forgettable for me. So yeah, like Rocky, I've watched yeah. So I was just like, in, Rocky won Best Picture that year. So it has happened. They said, I've looked at something it's happened a few times where Yeah, so that's a good that's a good question. I don't know why they wouldn't both be Best Actor then. Yeah, I, I feel guess like they both my, could happen. Yeah, that's my question. I feel like it's a studio decision where they want to kind of hedge their odds for one of the people in their film to win. At least that's not, true. You kind yeah. of spread your spread yeah. your yeah, people all across. Makes mm -hmm. sense. So, yeah. So I think they said like six times there are multiple in one year. Like there was in the thirties, there were like three people from the same movie and a Best Actor. But okay, what da, da da da. Yeah. So that's that. So yay, Oscar people. Um, you get some stuff right. You get a whole lot wrong still. So I guess. Well, the thing is, you can't. You can't. Um, uh -uh. You can't. It, I'm not everyone's not always going to be happy and that's fine I mean that's like the nature of no it. no Andrea I always have to be happy I don't no. like it and Marshall Ali did win over Vigo Mortensen absolutely so yeah so in the end like you know he's Congratulations. got that Oscar that the Oscar statues all look exactly the same yes and so Marshall that <laughs> will be his second Oscar nod so congratulations mm -hmm. to him and okay. from now on, he will be Oscar winner. Well, he has been Oscar winner for a couple of years now. Oh, because he got now. for Moonlight. Yeah. So he's been for Moonlight. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. 
So, okay, fantastic. Wait till me everything. That took, I knew that was going to take a long time, so my other things are very short. So, <laughs> wait till me everything. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Okay, so I know we mentioned the Jordan Woods, Khloe Kardashian thing last year. So Last year? Last episode. Again, True. I finished this third <laughs> glass of bourbon. Last year. Last. A whole year ago now. Shut up. Last week um uh-huh. we mentioned the jordan woods little controversy and this poor child like even if she's guilty the power of the kardashian she is being bullied like online nonstop. and i guess if you're you know cheat with your friends whatever whatever you deserve to be bullied but it's a whole lot and i'm just like good grief so it is appa- a whole lot so apparently she's known the smith family as in will and jada smith well will smith primarily but mm. all of them for a very long time. Um, and she kind of calls Will Smith like her uncle. Her father was like a sound engineer who worked on the Fresh Prince. Okay. Um, so, you know, she's known them, grew up very good friends with Jaden Smith. And that's how she became friends with Kylie Jenner because of um, Jaden Smith. So that's okay. Kind of- so, you know, Jordan's been very quiet during all this time. And she is going to be on the Red Table Talk tomorrow so let's just say i don't tune in very often to the red talk table because you know how i feel about that family but i'm gonna be tuning in because i'm 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 curious i want to hear what she has to say because she doesn't really talk a lot so this will be interesting tmz is already should be interesting said that she's already admitted that she did it and that she's sorry so i'm like okay well we'll see um <laughs> we'll see we'll, we'll see, see. You'll see if you're sorry. You're not sorry. Them Kardashians uh, ain't sorry for stealing people, man. So, you know, whatever. Okay. It's so it's all awful. It's all it's horrible. Awful. Horrible, horrible people. Okay. So speaking of horrible, horrible people. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> On to more horrible people. Yeah, so I mean it could be a good thing, but I think it's gonna be trash. So Okay. Warner Brothers has acquired the life rights of Teddy Pendergrass and will produce mm. a biopic. Biopic? Biopic. We always have this I issue. never know. Which one is Someone it? tell us what it is. Please tell us. Is it biopic or is or it biopic? Bi- yeah, whatever. Um, I should do that. You know, you can go to like um, YouTube and learn like the pronunciation of words. Like there's a whole thing about like designer names because you know like some of them are very complicated so you like can go Givenchy. Givenchy. yeah and they'll do it just like Balenciaga Givenchy. so yeah and it'll just basically just <laughs> tell you the pronunciation of the name or whatever so yeah okay. so maybe there's one for something simple as that Bio- thing that we can't say biopic yeah <laughs> so all that to say um, and it will be starring one Tyrese Gibson. As um, Teddy Pendergrass? Yeah, girl. No. Thank you. Okay. So it will be produced by some guy I don't know. Um, Donald DeLine, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, okay. And this is where I was like, trash. Um, Lee Daniels. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here. I hate Lee Daniels. I am not a fan. So I was like, I am not a fan of Tyrese. No. I am not, I am not, not a fan 
of Tyrese as Teddy Pendergrass because Teddy Pendergrass was well before my day. Like, you know, once oh, I yeah. knew who he was, you know, he had already had his accident and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know the turn out the lights, you know, what your aunties know. But I've right. seen clips and my God. Yes. He had it. He had it. He had it all. And Tyrese, Mm-mm. he ain't got it. Not for me. No, so, not even close. I mean, they're not even like. He does not like Mm-mm. Teddy Pendergrass is like sex appeal. And I don't I don't get it from Tyrese. And I love chocolate and all that, but I don't get it. No, <laughs> I love chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate, but I don't get it because. Uh-uh. I, I think it has a lot to do with he talks too much because I hate stupid. So, yeah, if he just maybe if he shut up more, I could see it, but then I don't know because he won't shut up, won't stop doing stupid stuff. So, yes, yeah, so anyway, um, the thing that makes me think that it might not be horrible, but I really still don't think it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Pendergrass's widow is going to be the executive producer, so we shall see. Um, mm. and again, this, but then we go back to. Me think it's going to be trash. Um, Tyrese had this to say. I am honored to take this journey. This is the role that I feel I was born to play. Oh, Jesus. Teddy Pendergrass embraced me and before he passed, put the responsibility on my shoulders to tell his story. Did he? Being here in this time and in this space and moment with Lee Daniels, Donald DeLine, Little Marvin, and Warner Brothers is an answered prayer. Teddy, I just hope we make you, your wife, and family proud. I doubt it. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see it. I just, if anything, but they're just, it's just a different vibe. They just don't, he doesn't have the right vibe. Um, Tyrese has like that same like very like brilliant like smile. Um, yeah. I, so I could see that coming into play as sort of like a you know a way to make the connection. But yeah, no, Teddy Pendergrass ha- was just had like you said like the sex appeal that Tyrese just doesn't. Yeah. So, and I don't know if he is a strong enough actor. That's another question. To pull it off. Because I've been surprised because, okay, I think Lorenz Tate is like a cutie pie. But I always thought, I think I like him more now that he's older than when he was younger, of course. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him in the Frankie Lyman thing, like, I feel like, okay, I see how this man was like getting all these wives all over the place. He had like a little thing about him. So like Mm Lorenz Tate was able to capture that capture that and i'm not just i'm just not sure that tyrese can do that so again yeah. it'll be a a wait and see i don't know oh let's play a fun game who do you think could be teddy pendergraph oh i, I have to think about it. i have to ponder that a little bit because i mean yeah I, I thought just that just came to me and i'm like hmm i don't know enough about like the i don't know hmm that's a very good question, because, yeah, if not him... Then who? Then who? 
I don't know. I'm going to ponder that and I'm going to come up with ideas. Not that it matters because they've already cast it and I'm sure are well yeah. on their way. Like they won't listen to what I They're have not going to gonna say. listen to what we say, you don't think? You know no. who's very um, who? um, appealing is. Um, this is going to be interesting. I want to hear this. Who do you feel is appealing? Okay. Um, what, uh, what's the boy's name? John David Washington. Denzel's son. Yes. Okay. I don't. He's very handsome, and he has a very, really nice, warm smile. Yes. I don't. I wonder about the whole R&B thing. But you know what? John David has gotten fine because I remember like his college years. Because he graduated, he was at Morehouse, maybe. A few years after, like I left, but I, you know, seen him. He was like a big deal that that he went there, so he would like be in stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was just not. He was a little pudgy. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him in Ballers. I didn't even realize that was him. I was like, shut the front door. So <laughs> I think he could. He's a great actor, and he's I think a very good actor. He's very handsome, and I think he has the sex appeal. I think he could do it. I See? think so. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, good job. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in Ballers, I was like, okay, you're a jerk on the show, but you're very handsome. Yeah. And he he's, very, he's very handsome in um, Black Klansman, and he's definitely got like that, if you can kind of picture him, because he's doing the whole like kind of that period, like the mm-hmm. afro and the the you know the full beard and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. We did it, Hollywood. We did it, Hollywood. If you all just consult with us first, please, before casting. Okay, before casting Tyrese in anything. In anything. Talk in to anything. us first, please. Please. God. please. God. I mean, how quickly did we solve that? I mean, and y'all get us over in here. Just put us in a room. We're not even in a room uh, together. Look, we don't even have to be in a room. Just no. Put, we, get us put on the phone. phone. Just put us on, on the phone. phone. <laughs> we'll <laughs> solve all the problems. All yeah. the problems. Okay. Everywhere, near and far. Mm-hmm. So this brings to the last thing, which is, okay, it's a very sad story, but it, like in reading the, um, kind of whatever people magazine article online or whatever blurb about it Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel very old because i'm going to read what they said so i don't know if you heard this but luke perry um (sighs) suffered a massive stroke on wednesday yes yes um and so they said that people were saying that he was in a medically induced coma but someone came back and was like that's not true he's just been sedated but you know, there's really no um, real updates about his, you know, condition or whatever. Um, however, he's 52, which makes sense because... Because mm-hmm, he was know, older than us. And so... He was older than us. <laughs> so, when, you know, when he was playing a teenager during our teenage years, he right. was a good... Yeah. That was the whole joke he about was, He was a 20-something, yeah. That they were not, none of them except for, um, what's her name, were teenagers. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling and the other one, David Austin Green. Like, they oh, were, like, okay. the only, like, teenagers at the time. Like, what you call it was, like, a grown woman. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that played um, Andrea. Uh, Andrea. 
Yeah. So um, he's yeah, fifty two, and so they mentioned is known as for his role as Archie's father on Riverdale. Wow. But but he also played teen heartthrob Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210. And I was like, I would really switch that and reverse it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because, well, I'm grown, so I don't watch Riverdale. I didn't even know he was on Riverdale until no. I realized. No, I did not. Did you know not. he was on Riverdale? Did you know a show on Riverdale How about, what, what is Riverdale? How about that? How about that? Riverdale is a show based on like a live action show like the comic like Archie like Archie in the game what but it yeah but it's not like because you know they they were in Riverdale but it's not like PC like the Archie comics we had because you know what when I was little I used to get like the Christian they used to have like Christian Archie comics I used to have those when I was little shut up yes girl you know, Betty and Veronica, and then they would go to Bible study. And Betty and Veronica. Yeah, so <laughs> all of that. So, no, are you serious? Yes. Oh, Again, my mother threw classic. all this stuff away. I wish, I wish, I wish I had those still. Oh my God. But yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like Christian based, like Archie Comics. Like, I have no idea. So, um, and then oh, later, I learned about the other ones. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is not like whatever. So, yeah, so Riverdale is like a live, like a, a TV show. I think it's on the whatever that one that has all those like little teen kind of shows. Not the CW. Is that even a thing anymore? I have no but idea. But what used to be the CW is now something else. Yeah, whatever that is. It keeps changing. The WB, the right. CW, the, yeah, whatever yeah. that is. So, yeah, so that's oh, the thing. No. So, okay. um, wow. And, like, this ironically all comes out during the time when they just said that they're going to do a reboot of I saw that. I saw that. And that's, that was my comment because, you know, um, I was at work um, and someone caught the headline on their, you know, whatever news feed or whatever. And they were like, oh, my gosh, Luke Perry had a stroke. And I was like, shut up. I was just looking at the headline. The day before that, about the the reboot of 90210, and I was thinking to myself, like, really, do we need a reboot of 90210? Like, can we just let it live? But, um, yeah, so that was crazy, because it really was back-to-back announcements. Mm-hmm. So sad. I hope he's okay. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's just, strokes are so, just, you know. Devastating. Devastating, yeah. So, it's awful. Yeah, so get well hopefully soon, Luke Perry. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, Dylan McKay, that was very sad. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that was my last story. Wah wah wah. Oh wow, it ended on a bad flat note. I know. I know. Yeah. Boo. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, I hope he's better soon. Yeah. Or... Let's be personal. Let's get personal. Um, let's see. I had um, a really fun photo shoot this weekend mm-hmm. with, I mentioned it last week. So, it, but I always forget how fun photo shoots are, like for headshots. Um, we did three different outfits, three different looks. Um, and just, you know, just getting your makeup done and getting dolled up and, 
having your picture taken. We have taken. a fabulous photographer. We really do. Tina is so good, and she's so patient. Because I was telling you earlier this week, I am a terrible model. Like I am. Oh my god, same. I am so bad. Like modeling is whatever. Like you call it. You can talk whatever you want about models, but modeling is like a lot of being a very good listener and taking direction really well. And I'm a good listener, but I don't take direction very well. Like, and for some reason, I, um, I get stupid in front of a camera. Like she asks me to do something very normal and I'm like, huh? You know? (laughs) Um, so she'll give me a direction that is very plain, like, you know, um, move your head to the left and I do the opposite you know whatever like I just can't for some reason listen and pay attention and follow simple commands um in front of a camera so I am a terrible model um but Tina is super patient and um and super fun to shoot with so we had a good time so I'm really looking forward to getting those back um the pictures are always like amazing yeah and that's the thing like getting the pictures back are the best part because you're like you know you don't know she I mean she showed me a few times throughout like you know what some of them were looking like so you have kind of a like a quick like glance at a few of them just on the the screen of her uh digital camera um but you know, you don't really get to see the full breadth of everything until she sends you everything. So um, I'm expecting those um, maybe like, you know, as soon as tomorrow or Saturday, she said about a week. So So I'm excited to get those back um, and pick out the ones that I want retouched and all that. Um, And um, yeah. um, So yeah, just making progress with all of that. And uh, in terms of the website and um, getting all those things up and running. So I'm excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, it was a good weekend. Like we already talked about the Oscars, had the Oscar party. Um, that was a, the usual group of crazy people. That was a lot of fun. Um, and this was um, I don't think I mentioned this. I, I think mainly because I've been really sad about it. Um, my good friend at work, Ariel, is leaving for a new job at UCLA. Aww. So we're all super sad about it. He actually gave his two-week notice two weeks ago, so tomorrow's his last day. Um, oh, you did not mention this at all. Yeah, I've really been like in denial. <laughs> <laughs> and not wanting to talk about it and only really having to like actually confront the fact that it's all really happening um, this week. So we had a little sending forth for him at work um, yesterday, like a pizza party and a special blessing for him. And then um, I hope it was really good pizza. Oh, my gosh. We go to this place uh, called Vincenzo's. There's a few locations, but the one closest to our work is in Granada Hills. And they have the best pizza. Like, it's so, so good. And there's one, they, you know, all all different varieties. We always get way too much. So we ordered, like, there was only, like, six of us or seven of us there yesterday. And we ordered four pizzas. Like, I mean, we ordered pizza for, like, 20 people. Um, Because we, there's, like, you know, everybody wants, like, different varieties. So we got... The margarita pizza, which is their, you know, their basic margarita pizza. Then they have 
um, a meat lovers. Uh, Ariel had made a special request for a pastrami pizza. It was that they have that's really good. And then they have the Vincenzo special, which is basically green peppers, onions, um, and uh, pepperoni and sausage. So good. It's so, so good. So, yeah. So that was that. Um, a good time was had by all. Hello. Hello. Let's go ahead and wrap this up <laughs> with um, what's your let's get personal? I have nothing. <laughs> You have nothing. I have nothing. It's been a busy week. I've been exhausted. Um, I am, however, looking forward to a friend of mine is, you know, from New Orleans area. She has some friends from New Orleans in town, and she's going to do a little Mardi Gras get together. So I need to figure out what I'm going to bring, but she's going to make red beans and, um, catfish which I don't really enjoy maybe I'll make some other kind of fish and um there will be king cake and or Mm. maybe I'll do some hurricanes or something I don't know but yeah so exciting that's tomorrow and I'm pretty much I'm gonna look at some houses tomorrow preview some houses but I'm not gonna work this weekend Okay, good. A little self-care. Yeah, yeah, because I can't keep burning the candles at both ends. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work well for anybody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And speaking of Mardi Gras, which inevitably is the day before Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of Lent, do you have any Lenten aspirations? Okay, before we do that, I'm so mm. sorry, because that's mm. very serious. But we bid you adieu, Black History Month. Black History Month. I feel like we haven't acknowledged you quite as much as we should have. Um, I just watched the Black History Month episode of Blackish. Oh, I see. I haven't even. I'm I'm behind on Blackish, mm. uh, but I have been catching up on my Queen Sugar. Oh yeah, I started watching that a long time ago. Really? Oh, nice. you know it's what? Good. I wonder if Ralph Angel is a singer. Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, mm, yeah. He'd mm. be good, too. Okay. So after that, on that note, let's go back to the Linton season um, question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Ash Wednesday is this coming Wednesday. As I've said to you before, it is my favorite Mm-hmm. High holiday um, in the liturgical calendar. Um, so I will be a busy bee at work on Ash mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, and I also, my hope, my aspiration um, is to put out my first uh, video, YouTube video, um, on Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Where are again, you going to film in your house? Um, Probably the dining room. Um, I just need to. I'm facing the desk. I mean, oh, you know, the desk behind you. With the desk behind me, yeah. Okay, good. 
Yeah, I figure that's the most, um, that's the best background I feel like I have. Mm-hmm. And Or the um, big cow. Huh? The big cow. No, the cow is over there. Yeah, the, I figured the cow wasn't the best background. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, because I was either, it was either the, the desk is what I was thinking, or just like the a blank spot on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So yeah, at least that's what I'll start where I'll start off, and then if I mm-hmm. change later, I will. Um, oh, the other thing I'm excited about that I forgot, didn't get to add because we were interrupted. Um, the um, and my contractor, the guy who um, I contracted to do the kitchen and the ceilings and ceiling mm-hmm. project. Um, he's, I asked him to take a look and give me an estimate, a quote on the half bathroom. Oh, thank God. I know. Um, it's the last little teensy project. It's so small. It's definitely like a weekend warrior kind of project, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a weekend warrior. I have no intention of doing it myself. Um, so I just want to get an idea how much he would charge to just come in and like just quickly. Because uh, really, uh, I don't, it's, it isn't a little bit of an overhaul in that I'm not leaving anything the same, but it's such a tiny space. I mean, it's your basic powder room. Um, so You can turn around in it. That's about it. That's basically it. Like use the facilities, wash your hands and get wash out. your hands and walk out. Like you have you, all you can. There's space to like turn around and face the toilet, turn around and face the sink. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so I feel like I. But I do want a new vanity. I want to put a medicine cabinet in there because right now it's just a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's actually some additional storage in there. Um, a new light fixture, um, new tile, but it's tile that I have. It's leftover tile from the kitchen project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then paint, maybe, maybe an accent wall with uh, wallpaper. Since it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a bathroom, but it's not a high moisture bathroom because there's no bath in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, Her Majesty is going to have a really nice bathroom when it's all said and done. Basically, yes. It's her cat's bathroom that she doesn't... That I don't use. That's where the kitty litter sits. Mm -hmm. But when company comes over, I move the kitty litter out. And as you can attest to, it becomes like the place that people set up their toiletries and whatever. So that at least the person... If when I have a guest, the person who's staying over at least has like their own like toiletry space yeah. yeah um so so yeah um awesome so he's gonna buy that and then i think i'm gonna turn the other thing i want him to look at is um my little wine cellar has gone to wine cellar heaven hmm. um which is fine um it gave me a few several good years um but um Instead of getting a new wine cellar, I think what I want to do is turn that space that the wine cellar lives in to, um, still for wine, but turn it into like a crisscross wine rack. Okay. Because I feel like that'll be 
it will serve the same purpose and be a little bit less lower maintenance. Okay. Because um, I've been looking at other wine fridges and the height, the height of this is not what doesn't accommodate most of the wine fridges that are out there. It's too, it's too short. Okay. So I'm gonna have him take a look at that too and tell me how much he thinks it will be. Okay, I feel faster. like you're far, you're fading, you're far away. Am I fading? Am I far away? Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So he's gonna give me a quote on all those things, and that's happening Saturday morning. Um, so yeah. Can you hear the dog? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, so this is real. Um I got told uh well text several um a little while ago from the lady of the house. Um, hey girl, can you turn it down a little bit? Are we too, are we too loud? We were. I was rather. I was like, she can't hear me, can she? Yeah. But, um, How? I thought I was in your headphones. I had to. Well, it was towards the end. I had to take you off because I needed to plug my, my phone back in for the battery. But no, it was primarily me being loud. Not really you. Oh, just telling Just sorry. Yeah, she's fine. She's... It is past midnight there. It is, and she gets up super early. All right. Well, I think that we've covered everything. I think today we indeed covered <laughs> everything. Oh, but we will be back for more next week because by next week there'll be more stuff. More good stuff, and I hopefully will be back this way so that we can close this puppy out so uh, apparently I have three closings set for next Friday I don't know if that's all going to happen yeah but we'll see they're all all in very different places so um that's going to be fun for me to figure out um alrighty alrighty well it's been good thanks listening audience for tuning in sticking with us um Mm -hmm. and we'll see you again next week no Huh? We won't see them. Well, we'll talk to them. I cannot hear you at all. So, yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. And get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at WaitTellMePod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at WaitTellMeEverything at gmail.com.